Wait, 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 wait. Texas is not done adding to this 2023 class. Arch and them got another one. Big if true. You are locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show, Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Warren Robertson, four-star safety out of the Dallas area, is trending towards the Texas Longhorns. We tell you everything you need to know about the talented safety prospect out of Red Oak. And then the Texas Longhorns picked up a signature win under Rodney Terry last night in the Moody Center against the Baylor Bears, 76 to 71. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So when we look at this 2023 class, it's special, obviously, right? Headlined by Arch Manning. But just top to bottom, there's so much talent in this class that you look at this class headed to the SEC in a few years and I've said it, but you really can say that this 2023 class should be, it could be, and possibly will be the class that puts Texas back at the top of college football, right? It's that talented at seemingly almost every position, right? And it's not done, right? You know that they're still targeting Deuce Robinson, the ultra-talented tight end, number one tight end in the country, who has said before that it would be very fun to play with Arch. Also, uh, he's a two-sport athlete that plays baseball. We know about the history of the Texas baseball program. So Texas seems to be in that mix. I think Georgia C are probably ahead of Texas, but they're still targeting Deuce Robinson. But Warren Robertson, four-star safety out of Dallas, who committed to TCU on Halloween, has yet to sign with the Horned Frogs. And now all signs are pointing to him ending up in the burnt orange and white. And he is really got a mature frame already for somebody coming out of high school, 6'1", 190, close to 200 pounds at the safety position. The key word I hear with him, and we'll talk a little bit more about his scouting report later, but the key word I hear with him is just versatility, right? They said Steve Sarkeesian watched him on the field and the offer was automatic, right? He just kind of jumps off the screen at times with some of the things he can do on the field at the safety position. Also played wide receiver in high school as well. So, like I said, he committed to TCU on October 31st. He has yet to sign, and it seems like two major reasons have prevented him from signing with TCU thus far. The first is a TCU took five safeties in this class, including Robertson. So four safeties, not including Robertson. They took Jamel Johnson, who decommitted from Texas. So he's probably looking like there's a lot of congestion in this room. You know, what's your plan for four or five safeties, right? I guess that three, three, five defense is going crazy right now at TCU. So they took a lot of safeties and Warren Robertson is probably looking like, yeah, <laughs> y'all will do just fine with one less safety. Right. And then Brian Carrington, we know Brian Carrington's ability to build relationships and we know his ability to recruit because we saw it at the university of Texas. And so in his time at TCU, it was said that he built a really good relationship with Warren Robertson was probably one of the main reasons that he committed there when Warren, Rob I mean, when Brian Carrington left to go to Arizona state that left Warren Robertson's commitment in flux, which is probably why he still hasn't signed and signs are pointing to him not signing with the TCU Horn Frogs. And so <clears throat> tomorrow at 8 30 AM central, I believe he is supposed to announce his new commitment slash signing between TCU, Texas and USC. And in my 
I guess, opinion or experience looking at things like recruiting, you know, even though it's fickle as it is. Typically, players don't decommit from a school and then end up at that school or typically players don't go months without signing at a school when they could and then end up signing at that school. So I would say that this is right now a two horse race between USC and Texas. And most people believe it's a one horse race and he'll end up in the burnt orange and white with the Texas Longhorns. Now, he took an official and unofficial visit to USC a few weeks ago, and they said that Lincoln Riley did a really good job. And, and, and made some headway in that recruitment. Um, but they still believe that Texas is the favorite. It really comes down to a lot of times with in-state prospects, you know, how far do they want to go away from home? You know, and so he had a really good visit. I think anybody would have a good time in L.A., right? It's not hard to sell USC, you know, so shout out to Lincoln Riley. But, you know, like I said, I think Texas is in the driver's seat. He took the official visit to Texas this past weekend. And like I said, recruiting can be fickle. There's not too many absolutes. When you talk about this recruiting business, but one thing that always makes you feel a little bit better is if you can get that last visit, right? If you can be the last visit before that player makes a decision, that usually bodes well for you. And Texas was uh, the last visit for Warren Robertson, right? The last thing he saw before he made his decision was the beautiful 40 acres, Austin, Texas, the University of Texas, and the legendary field that is DKR. And he said, Warren Robertson, that he loved everything about the visit and how could you not like i said it's the university of texas it's the 40 acres it's austin texas it's dkr baby this is where you need to be playing your college football warren robertson and then he's gotten i've seen over the last week like four or five crystal balls uh to the university of texas if you're not familiar if you don't really keep up with recruiting i don't blame you <laughs> right but the crystal balls is basically uh the big dogs in the industry the recruiting experts saying i think he's gonna go here right and some of them you take with a grain of salt, but when you see that that Fong Bong, when you see Steve Wiltfong say he's going somewhere, yeah, he's probably got the best reputation in the business right now. And Steve Wiltfong says he's coming to the University of Texas. So I think he's coming to the University of Texas as well. When you talk about the type of player he is, like I said, the key word that I've seen in just reading about him and, and watching him on tape is versatility. This is from Ian Boyd at <clears throat> inside Texas. He says Robertson has some definite position flexibility on the back end of a defense. He has good top end speed, but what really stands out is how he changes direction and glides around the field with ease. I think star nickel might be his best fit at Texas since he could utilize his size and change of direction skills, matching slot receivers, baiting throws from quarterbacks and mixing in blitzes. So that would be great in Pete Kukowski's system if he could attack offenses on all three levels like that and then when you talk about some of their strengths that they have listed on this article they said good size for a db with a muscular upper body i told you he's 6'1 closer to 200 pounds already has obvious functional game strength and his competitiveness competitiveness is apparent from the field as a defensive back he looks good in back pedal or shuffle sees the play quickly and triggers smooth hip transitions arrives ready to rumbles and I like that he's not throwing his shoulders around. He is genuinely, genuinely trying to form tackle and bring some aggression, right? And so it sounds like somebody that the University of Texas can really use at the safety position moving forward. And when you look at it, I think the safety play at Texas was better this year than it had been really for a long time. You could say that the addition of Gary Patterson as the special assistant to the head coach, and we know that he was helping uh, Pete Kukowski in some capacity with the defenses really helped the safety play. I think just on the field, it was better. The communication was better. Really looked like a reformed unit, 
under Pete Kukowski in the second year and Gary Patterson. Now you're looking at bringing in one of the most talented safeties in the country and Jalen Catalan, who's probably in line to start next to Jaron Thompson, who had a really good year last year. Also dropped one of the best hype tapes I've seen in a while from a Texas player. Y'all go check that out on his Twitter if you haven't seen it yet. But when you look at that, those are your two projected uh, starting safeties next year. You still got B.J. Allen, who will be in his second year in the program out of Alito. I think he's a really good player that should get some playing time next year. Mo Blackwell, I think he, you know, jumps off the screen at times. He should get some playing time next year outside of special teams at the safety position. John Garcia has repeatedly came on the podcast and said that Derek Williams uh, is somebody that should be ready to play day one. I'm not sure if he'll play day one, but obviously John Garcia, who is one of the best in the business at recruiting, thinks he has that type of pedigree. Right. And then you're now you're bringing in Warren Robertson. You still got Larry uh, Turner Gooden and some other players at that safety position. So I think the safety position with the talent they have and the depth they have, especially considering, you know, Jalen Catalan's injury history. uh, You have some really good players at that position and we should expect some really good production from that position, not just in 2023, but moving forward with the type of players that they're bringing in. Like I said, it seems like a lock right now that Warren Robertson is headed to. The Texas Longhorns is going to be a part of this 2023 class and it's going to give them a really talented, versatile DB at the safety position. I looked, I was hoping that if they got Warren Robertson's commitment and signature, it would vault them into the number two right there behind Alabama and Georgia. Even with this commitment from Warren Robertson, they would still be behind Alabama and Georgia. And there's no shame in that. You know, Georgia is the defending two time national champions. Alabama won the championship before that. But Texas is number three in the nation for a reason, baby. Like like Prime says, Coach Prime at Colorado, we coming. <laughs> we coming. Like, literally, we coming to the SEC. <laughs> this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet the Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet at Super Bowl 57, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. So this Texas basketball team and Rodney Terry, in my opinion, they needed a signature win. And in my opinion, last night in the Moody Center against Scott True and the Baylor Bears, they got one coming off of that tough loss uh, to Tennessee on the road. No shame in losing to that Tennessee team, but I said that you didn't want to go 0-2 in these two games, especially with the tough stretch you got in February. You didn't want to lose to Tennessee on the road and then come back to the Moody Center and lose to the Baylor Bears, and that became a mute point quickly when they beat the Baylor Bears last night, 76-71. to I think this game kind of reminded me of the Kansas game last year where Chris Beer got his signature win in the drum because you knew how big of a game it was. They were coming off of a loss. And I think Timmy Allen came out right away in that game last year against Kansas and said, I'm going to be the best player on the court, right? I'm going to carry this team to victory. And I think he did the same thing last night. He really came out aggressive and really was the best player on the court when you look at it. Seven for 10 from the field, 18 points. 
and then also six rebounds and four assists. So I think that he was just really active in every every facet of the game. And I think he also showed his prowess on the defensive end as well. Just his two way play uh, really kind of propelled Texas to victory. But I thought that every player really had a mark on winning this game last night. You know, a really tough five point victory over a, a tough Baylor team. I thought Dylan Mitchell. Right. He was two for two from the field with his five points. They were quick, though, and he came out early and, and kind of set the tone. This is a player that hasn't been scoring a lot lately. So five quick points. I think he came out and, and made his mark. Right. Dylan DeSue had, a, a you know, five clutch points. Right. Tyrese Hunter, he shot 17 shots, only made five of them. So 13 points on 17 shots. That's not great. But one thing I love about Tyrese Hunter is that his offensive struggles which really he's probably in the worst shooting stretch of his uh, his life right the last month like i'm not sure he's ever played a, a, a month of worst basketball in his life right it hasn't affected him on the defensive end right he's still playing great defense the defense we know that he can play and to me he hasn't lost his confidence right he led the team in shot attempts right the way that he's been shooting recently so even though he went five for 17 he made three threes a couple of them were clutch and he gave you 13 points, right? Marcus Carr, two for eight. He hasn't been great the last two games. So I think it's good that you were able to win this game without Marcus Carr being great. But I still think he did some good things, you know, got into the lane, um, you know, kind of forced, you know, the defense to collapse on him and then made some passes out of that, which led to some good offense for the Longhorns. And then, of course, what we've seen from Marcus Carr a lot is he can be bad all game. He can struggle all game. And then he can kind of hit the dagger, which we saw, you know, with that step back two last night. Uh, that he's so good at doing so even with his five points he made an impact even with uh Tyrese Hunter making missing 12 shots and nine threes right he made an impact and then Brock Cunningham he had a clutch midi uh only went one for one but you know a clutch two points uh Christian Bishop had three points Arterio Morris had two uh really good buckets and then Serge Barry Rice might be your most consistent player right now you know going five for seven from the field four for five from three I think seven or eight for nine from the free throw line is one of the best free throw shooters in the big 12 in the country. And he gave you 21 points off the bench in back-to-back -back games. So every player that played last night had a definite impact on beating the Baylor bears. And then when you look at it, this defense held them to 37% shooting and 31% from the three right now, I think that it was a combination of Texas playing some good defense on the Baylor bears. And I think it was also just a combination of their guards taking some tough shots, which they're very capable of making. And they just missed them last night, right? Their three guards did combine for 47 points, right? But they missed 31 shots in the process, right? So your, your three best players missed 31 shots. That's a lot of shots to miss, right? And you saw at the end of the game, Keontae George, he put up that Hail Mary three, right? Which just a lot of times the Baylor bears last night, like I said, it can be a gift and a curse when you can make shots the way that their guards can make because you can get into a rhythm and, and you can shoot your way into a win, but you can also shoot your way into a loss. And a lot of times last night, they kind of got away from running any type of offense or getting easy buckets and they just, you know, played the ISO one-on-one -on -one show. And that ultimately uh, led into Texas's favor. So I think this is a good win against a really good Baylor team who, like I said, have won six games in a row. You stop that streak. You stopped your losing streak. You know, you didn't let it become a losing streak, I guess, after losing to Tennessee. And your next two games are tough, right? You have to go on the road to play Kansas State and Kansas. So you didn't want to lose this Baylor game and go into those games, you know, two really tough games, having lost two games in a row. So a big win for Rodney Terry last night. He was pumped. It was great to see him get that win. A big win for the players last night. You know, 
they were pumped. And it's good to see, you know, like I said, when your best player in Marcus Carr, who averages 17 points a game, only gets five, and you still can win that game, that speaks to how deep this Texas basketball team is and how good they are when they play as a union. So, like I said, you know, this is a really good win to propel them forward in Big 12 conference play. You have a tough game on Saturday in Manhattan at Kansas State, and you follow that up on Monday, staying in the state of Kansas, right, going to Lawrence uh, and playing the Kansas Jayhawks. But this Texas team proved once again last night against the Baylor Bears that they can play with anybody in the country, and they're going to be a tough out in the Big 12 Conference Championship, and they're going to be a big out in the NCAA tournament moving forward in March. So a really good win for Rodney Terry, really good win for this Texas basketball team. And I think we need to see that more from Timmy Allen. Like I said, Serge Barry Rice might be your most consistent player right now. And I love what he's giving you off the bench. You know, I think like Fran said last night, he's not a six man. He's Texas a six starter, right? And it's a blessing to have somebody that can come off the bench that can score in all three levels the way he does and compete on the defensive end. He's just a winning basketball player. But I think the effort we saw from Timmy Allen last night, right? He's probably the most dangerous player in the country in the mid-range or one of the most dangerous players in the country in the mid-range he needs to come out every game and dominate in that area because it opens up so much for Marcus Carr and the rest of the players outside of the three-point line when Timmy Allen is aggressive and really getting the crowd hype like that like he did last night like I said it reminded me of the Kansas game last year where I think he had his career high in points and was just the best player on the court you felt his impact every time he took a shot last night and he only missed three of them so he was really clutch for the Longhorns Serge Barry Rice uh, was really good for the Longhorns as he has been. Like I said, he's our most consistent player right now, and we need Marcus Carr to get back to form. And we definitely, you know, if we want to go far, we need Tyrese Hunter to go get back to form. You know, like I said, I think it was a good thing that he took 17 shots last night. It shows he hasn't lost his confidence, uh, but he still only made five of them. So for this Texas team to go far in the Big 12 or NCAA tournament, they're going to have to get the Tyrese Hunter that scored 26 points against Gonzaga and looked like a steal <laughs> in the transfer portal from the Iowa State Cyclones earlier in the season. It's ramping up in Big 12 conference play. Like I said, the next two games, setting up just for a tough February period, right? You're going to have to play Baylor again, Texas Tech again, on the road against Kansas, on the road against Kansas State. you got to play Iowa State again. So it's good that you got this win to close out January against a very tough Baylor Bear team with some definite NBA talent on it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Warren Robinson, it's time to come home, baby. Hook them. Peace.